0: You're a squirrel. <laughs>
1: Good morning, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of Ladies Who League, though once I introduce you to my guests, maybe we should change the name of this episode to Ladies Who League Spin. (laughs) I'm your host, Mary Kay, and I'm very lucky to be joined in the studio this morning by captain of the Sydney Thunder WBBL team and current Southern star Alex Blackwell. Good morning, Alex. Good morning, Mary. Uh, Thank you so much for coming in. We really appreciate having you here. It's great to be here. I actually have to tell you, though, that before I met you again today, I thought I'd met you once before. I was at the LBW Trust dinner last year and I was walking up the escalators.
2: (laughs) I know where this is going.
1: (laughs) I thought you were standing behind me. So I turned around and said, oh my goodness, Alex, I'm such a big fan. I've been writing for the Sydney Thunder all year. Congratulations. You're amazing. And this lady that looked exactly like you said to me, oh, I'm not actually Alex. that's Alex, and she sort of pointed down the escalators. I didn't know you had an identical twin case. Yeah, look, um, Kate and I are very used to
2: this scenario. Um, so, look, um, I'm... Hopeful Kate was very polite. Um, was. We, 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 we'd sort of double the amount of sort of acquaintances um, simply from being identical twins. So I'm sure she enjoyed meeting you, Mary.
1: No, she, she was lovely <laughs> and you are very identical. I sort of did a double take a couple of times. My head was moving back and forth and I was like, wow, you really are very identical.
2: <laughs> well, it'd be great. It, you know, always there as a substitute if I injure myself, you know, on the cricket field. We, we know that we can just call on Kate and she could just go out and captain the Sydney Thunder. No one would know. How do we know that hasn't already happened? There we
1: <laughs> We've also got superstar cricketer and commentator Lisa Stalaker with us today. Hello, Lisa. Oh, hi,
0: Mary. How are you going?
1: Very well. How are you going? Not too bad. Thank you also for coming in this morning. Very excited to have you here. No worries. And moving from behind the computer screen to behind the microphone this morning, my fabulous producer Brittany Carter from ABC Grandstand. Hello
3: Mary, it feels a bit weird to be on this side of the desk today.
1: Well you're sounding very good and I'm very excited because I know how much you love your cricket and there wouldn't be a better person to move, to be my partner this morning with this great panel. Looking forward to it, it should be awesome. Alright so let's start, I thought we'd start off our first segment in a bit of a chat about some powerful and awesome women because there's been some great stories this week. The first story I wanted to Talk about, and this was one that Britt brought to my attention. Um, I wanted to introduce you all to Pat Summit, who passed away earlier this week. Now, some of you might not know Pat, but she was the longtime Tennessee women's basketball coach who won eight NCAA titles and went 1,098 to 208 in 38 seasons at coach. Uh, she passed away earlier this week, and there was so much commentary about not only what an outstanding coach she was, but also what an outstanding mentor she was towards her athletes, and I just love this story. I think
3: the biggest thing about Pat summit too was that she wasn't just a mentor for the people on her team or the people that, you know, helped in the coaching staff. There's been people in the NFL like Eli Manning put their hand up and say, yeah, she was a mentor for me as well. So she had a huge impact in an American sport, and one of my favourite quotes by her went viral on Twitter um, when she passed, and it, she says, "Why is that considered a step up?" And it was Pat Summit when she was approached by Tennessee officials about coaching the men's team. Mm-hmm. So that just shows the sort of uh, how how great she was, and that she considered women's sport to be the pinnacle for her.
1: And I think we've seen such a change in women, you know, towards women's sport this year. But she was doing this all in an era where you know women weren't even really encouraged to play sport, which I think makes her all the more incredible.
0: Well, and the thing is that she, she started to coach at such an, a young age. Uh, I think she was uh, 22 mm-hmm. and she went on for 38 seasons. So for a coach in this day and age, you know, we, we, Wayne Bennett might be one of them, but you don't see a coach that can adapt and change to the different gener- generations that, that come through. So for her to do that and have that impact that she had on all of the players that were touched by her were you know, is amazing.
1: Alex, I wanted to ask, is there anyone in cricket that's sort of been a real role model or a mentor to you in a similar way to Pat has been to not only basketballers, but so many athletes?
2: Yeah, look, I think my current coach, Joanne Broadbent, um, is the first person I think of, um, you know, someone who gets the best out of each and every player. It's really hard as a coach to um meet the needs of everybody and 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 i guess um you know adapt your way of of doing things to suit everybody and you won't please everyone uh, but for pat to have such a long standing career and, and a successful one she was obviously able to do that well with her athletes um i love the way that joanne is really forward thinking and she's always looking for ways to um change herself you know in terms of her approach and and challenge us you know looking at other sports I so she was looking up the other day about softball softballers and how they pick up the ball from the ground and release the ball quickly so she's really broad in her thinking and quite modern um, although she's been around the game for a very long time um, she's always looking to adapt and I love that about her
1: fantastic that's another story of another amazing woman in sport Another amazing woman in sport that may have flown under the radar is our Debbie Spillane, who announced her retirement yesterday from ABC. Now, for me, this is absolutely the end of an era because Debbie was a trailblazer for so many of us interested in being in the media and not just for women, but also for men. Uh, Debbie was a real supporter of mine, too. And I think my favorite story was she was the one that gave me my first ever opportunity on radio and I appeared on Hens FC a couple of years ago. I remember driving to the studio that morning being, you know, on a panel with Debbie Spillane, Lucy Zelich, and Kelly Underwood and thinking, oh, my goodness, who am I? What am I going to be able to do? How am I going to be able to contribute? But then I thought, you know what, I love sport more than anything else in the world and if I can't go in and talk to three other women about the thing that I love the most, then I've got bigger problems. Um, so thank you, Debbie, for all you've done, not just for me but for so many men and women in Australia, sp- Australian sports media you'll be missed but uh, not forgotten.
0: Yeah, I, I was really surprised when you told me. I thought she's the sneaky little devil oh, she is, she is isn't just she? <laughs> uh, just disappeared upon all of us and didn't really give us all a chance just to to say goodbye and to celebrate her success, but I'm sure we'll capture her at some stage and we'll all go to the pub and have a few drinks and 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 have a good toast to to the wonderful career that she's had both uh, behind the mic but also in front of it as well. Mm-hmm.
3: She's been a fantastic pioneer for sports broadcasting and women in particular, hasn't she? And in, in the way that she brings other women up with her as well is really inspiring.
1: I think that's great about her. We love you, Debbie. Thank you for everything you've done. And the one, the final woman that I wanted to mention was Sharni Layton. Now, if you haven't got your copy of The Australian this morning, make sure you go and get it because there's a magazine in there, The Weekend Australian, and Sharni Layton is on the cover. Now, Britt, you're a big netball fan. Tell us about <laughs> Sharni Layton and how excited you are about this.
3: Uh, well, Sharni Layton is just awesome. And I've actually had so many guys approach me and say, Wow, that Shani Lane girl, she's quite tough, isn't she? I'm like, yeah, she's pretty, pretty, she's pretty tough. She's as tough as now. So she's a great person and, um, a great pioneer for, for netball and, um, I, on the front of this cover it says business is backing it and crowds are booming. Who says people won't watch chicks play sport? And that's just very, very true about this era, isn't it, including cricket?
2: Yeah, look, it was a wonderful opportunity to, to be a part of the first Women's Big Bash League um, off the back of um, some fantastic success in the BBL. We saw um, crowds flocking to our games. We saw people tuning in, you know, in, in terms of one, once we actually get women's sport on the television and we do a good job with the broadcast. It's proven through the Women's Big Bash League that people are interested in watching, you know, on average, 231,000 people watching our free-to-air broadcast matches. So look, I think it was a great success. It proved the Australian public is um, interested in women's sport.
3: And that was increased, wasn't it? Because there were only supposed to be a few matches put on TV Mm -hmm. and then they, they did so well that they ended up putting a few more.
2: Yeah, I think um, there was only um, an agreement to have eight televised matches and that increased to ten. And in Women's Big Bash 02 uh, coming up, and I'm pleased to say I'm, the, I'm going to be captain of the Sydney Thunder again. Fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> and hopefully we can uh, bring the trophy home again um, and have a Sydney Thunder Sixes final. That would be ultimate. Yeah, um, look, um Where was I, Britt, on this topic? They've increased it to 12 games. Yeah. (laughs) And also
1: on Channel 10 as well because from memory it was going to be on, on the other channel. Oh, yeah, one or something. That's right, yeah. one, but they yeah. moved it to, to the main channel. Yeah,
2: moving it to the main channel in prime time as well, which is the big difference for this season coming. So I was really impressed with the way Channel 10 um, carried out their broadcast. It was a huge success, but they're still looking at ways to improve. And uh, for us to have a domestic uh, sporting match for women in Australia on prime time free to air, I believe it's the first time that's going to happen
1: so exciting so so exciting so good stuff happening in cricket great stuff happening in netball and actually if you haven't seen the rethink role models campaign that samsung released with netball australia youtube it because it is it's incredible i think i've watched it 10 times in the last two days so make sure you get on that we're going to take a quick break and then come and talk about some of the stuff happening in rugby league another week and there's been another drama at the Parramatta Reals. This season has truly been the season from hell and I've stopped saying things can't get any worse because every <laughs> single time that I say that, something else happens. You're jinxing them. Uh, I've, I've really upset the footy gods. I don't know what I did. Is it that I'm watching other sports now? Maybe they're really, really <laughs> upset that I've taken an interest in cricket and AFL. Maybe we'll jump straight to them this morning. So if we look at the back page of the paper, of course, it's Semi Radradra. So for those of you who haven't been following what's been going on, Semi was late to return back to Sydney from Fiji, his homeland. Uh, there was talk about him defle- defecting to rugby union, but it's come out this week that he's been charged with three domestic violence related offences um, in relation to his former partner. The first question that I wanted to ask the panel, and this is something that I find really challenging, is he's only been charged at this stage. Do we think that he should be playing tonight against the Cronulla Sharks? No. No. Okay. Tell us why, Britt. Why shouldn't he play?
3: Because if the NRL wants to be taken seriously on all they do for women, Mm -hmm. including launching a nines team at the Sharks, which they did this week, including talk about a women's comp in you know two, three years' time, They need to show that they actually care about women's rights and that they do take a stand on violence against women. And even though he hasn't been proven guilty and innocent until he is proven guilty, you need to take a stand and say, well, while we're investigating this, you can't play our game.
1: I find uh, this is something I find (laughs) so challenging because, as we said, he's innocent until proven guilty Um, and we saw what happened with Sean Kenny Dow earlier at the Roosters um, and he was ultimately cleared of all charges. I think maybe what the NRL should do is if anyone has been charged of any sort of offence, they should just be automatically stood down. That's the policy. It doesn't mean that they're guilty. It doesn't mean that they're innocent. We make no presumption on whether they're guilty or innocent and we just stand them down and that's just the policy that's taken, and then it's consistent because it doesn't matter what the crime is or what the nature of the offence is. It's very clear to players that if they're charged of something, they, they step down.
3: Well, something that is clear, and I'll just give us a bit of a plug on ABC Grandstand last night, Quentin Hull and Billy Moore were talking about the issue, and they were saying that if anything, it's clear that the NRL doesn't have a process in place for these sorts of dramas, and they need to have processes in place because... If not, and I'll say it again, they won't be taken seriously on all they do for the women's rugby league and for women in in sport.
1: Now, Lisa, I want to ask, are you a rugby league fan?
0: I'm not anymore. I used to be when I was in primary school. I used to collect all the the football cards. Um, Friday night football was the night that I spent with my mum, popcorn, chocolate, you name it, Mm. Um, state of origin. But, yeah, over the years I've slowly kind of um, drifted away from the sport I think it, it might be the fact that there's always these dramas. Um, we're not talking about the actual sport and we're, we're not talking about the contest on the field. It's always the things that are off the field. So I guess maybe to a certain extent, that's that's turned me away from the game.
1: And that's a real shame because I'm so passionate about rugby league and making sure that everyone feels welcome in the rugby league community. And then it's I think a real shame that the actions of the few, as per always, undermine the actions of the many and the work that rugby league is doing in our communities.
2: Yeah, look, <clears throat> I'll just step in and look, Mary, I think you're right. Like, when we need to sort of have a process in place and perhaps this example shows that the NRL needs to be consistent across how they're going to deal with these issues and all sports, really. Mm-hmm. I think it's really hard to um, penalise someone who hasn't been proven guilty yet. I think um, this player is, there is that trial by media and, 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 you know, even his name will be sort of his reputation will be tarnished through this process in, in in any case. But I think the NRL can make a statement about it and how they are processing this this and um, you know, and make it clear.
3: Well to come back to Sean Kenny Dow or talk on mm-hmm. that, he's fitted seamlessly back into the roosters. I don't think he's I know he had a lot of problems with what was going on mentally and he had to step away from the game a little bit, but In terms of him coming back to the game, I don't see him with anything behind him now.
1: So Sean may be an interesting case because he has come back and he seems to have actually bounced back better than ever. But there may be some players that just don't have the strength to be able to come back from that. And who knows whether Sean Kennedale is still being taunted off the field because people see headlines like this and just assume the worst. I think the other question that I also find really difficult to answer is, say Semi is charged and he spends some time away from the game and, you know, he meets his requirements under the law, whatever that may be, should he be welcomed back into the game? That's a tough one. It's really hard. This yeah, is so you're hard. right.
0: This is difficult. And I guess it's it'll go down to the club and the culture mm-hmm. and the environment that they want and the brand that they want to show to their sponsors. And... And there'll be some clubs that will be willing to, to take back someone who is remorseful for what they've done if found guilty and, and has gone through the penalty. Um, but, yeah, it, it then comes down to the club, what they want and their culture.
2: And I think it's about how can this player, like should they go through that legal process and, and- – you know, pay the price, I guess, and and, uh, fulfil their penalties. How are they going to positively impact on this issue? And I know the NRL takes a really strong stance on domestic violence. So this can be a role model in the future. And and if that player is willing and able to become that role model, I mean, we we don't have to scrub them out completely.
3: I think also, I'm a bit undecided on the question. Um, It's a hard one. But if if they were to take someone back, I think they could do it in a way where they, the club made a strong stance to educate their players about the situation and to, to try and prevent the situation happening in the future.
1: Because the thing with that is, so we say, okay, anyone that has been convicted of a domestic violence offence is not able to play our game anymore. What about other offences and where do we draw the line and who makes that decision? And there have been countless examples of players that have been convicted of offences. So we think of, you know, Danny Wicks and Manu Ma'u, both at the Parramatta Eels, and they've used this as a real redemption and the opportunity has been important to them and they've seen that they can make a positive change and change their lives. But I think you're all right. It's very much about the club and recognising that there has been an issue in the past. Let's educate this player and use them as a role model to say, you know, that this behaviour is simply not acceptable.
2: And I think the players themselves can take the initiative. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm not not sure the name of the player, but the, the New South Wales Waratahs player who um, had a homophobic slur on the pitch and the ARU really dealt with that so swiftly. Mm-hmm. But But that player himself went out to the community and attended um, the com- Sydney convicts training session on his own accord. Now, this is a gay rugby club. Um, he he went out there and, and assisted in a training session. And look, and that, that issue was dealt with very swiftly. And I thought that was a really positive move from the player. So there are opportunities for, the, for redemption and to, to have a positive impact through a, a negative issue.
1: Absolutely. Well, that was very, very heavy. Let's let's leave that one to the side. and We can talk very, very quickly about the two results that have already happened. We can start on Thursday night where the Bulldogs defeated the Roosters in a close one, 24 points to 20. Uh, the Bulldogs were impressive and continue their run to the finals. They now sit in the top four and that's three wins in a row for them for the first time this year. The Roosters, on the other hand... Mitch Pearce was probably the standout, but other than that, they didn't really show very much. Yeah. Britt, you great. Sorry, Silky
3: and Coops, uh, Roosters, way too many mistakes. <laughs> oh, they're, they're
1: telling us that the Roosters were robbed. <laughs> look, I don't think so. I don't think so. We're, we're saying Sorry. no to that. No, 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 Bulldogs. <laughs> it was
3: Brett Morris that was interviewed at the end, though, wasn't it? Yes. Yeah, so I really like the fact that he said, look, I'm not ready for origin when they asked him. I thought that was was a good answer.
1: Yeah, and he knows how to find a try line and Moses Mbi can convert <laughs> can convert so I think they were the key I was watching way. with my
3: mum and she goes how do you say that last name very simple bye bye.
1: <laughs> it's like it's, <laughs> <kick>. <laughs> it's like yeah. Yeah. and then last <laughs> night's game between the Broncos and the Storm I don't think anyone was expecting this ro- result uh, the, the Storm won 48 to 6 uh, very concerning for the Broncos that's their sixth loss in eight games They've conceded 88 points in their last two games. If I was a Broncos fan, I'd be a little bit nervous.
3: Yeah, and it's obvious that um, that origin fatigue mentally and physically is starting to hit the players at the Broncos, Um, and it sort of comes back to that discussion we always have around origin time. Should it be played outside the regular season? Does it impact... The game and therefore what the fans turn up to see each week too much. And I don't know. That's a question I don't really have the answers for. Um, I did think that Suliasu Vulivalu, hope I've said that right. Um, he got a hat trick. (laughs) He did. So that was pretty impressive. And, um, he just really, I mean, he was very impressive in the air. Um, but I mean, when you've got Cooper Cronk and Cameron Smith just kicking those, those, um, those kicks for you, um, you've just got to be in the right spot at the right place and, Get it down, I
0: guess.
1: Yeah, so they were our two results that have already happened. Lisa, can we bring you back to the NRL? Can we help you pick a team? (laughs) Even quietly.
0: Well, (laughs) when I was younger, I used to love the Balmain Tigers. I I met Wayne Pierce at a function, so, and I had a Balmain Tigers like jacket, bomber jacket type thing. So (laughs) I guess. Do you still have it? No, probably not. (laughs) I was going to say, I want to see a photo in this bomber jacket. (laughs) Great. (laughs) I might have to pull it out for you guys. Um, So I guess I follow them a little bit. And see how they go.
1: All right. Well, that's okay. because that uh, right? th- Yeah, yeah. That's really so How good. are they going, by the way, this season? Oh, not particularly well, but they're an exciting team to watch. If you look behind you, Lisa, so there's a blow-up doll to your left. Yeah, <laughs> <So> lovely. That's, <laughs> that's Aaron Woods. Uh, he belongs to me. I used to keep him at home. I kept him at home for two days but thought, you know what, I can't have a blow-up doll in my room. I'll bring him to the studio. Aaron Woods from the Tigers is my favorite player in the NRL, so you okay. get a tick. Okay, well. Uh, and Alex, what about
2: you? Can we help you pick a team? Ah, oh, look, I think it it uh, it's picked for itself. I lived in Redfern for yeah. seven years, so you know can't go past the bunnies. But I must say, I'm not, um, you know, a, a, I don't watch every week. I don't really know what's happening with the team at the moment. But if I was to pick, it's got to be the bunnies.
1: Yeah, look, that's fair enough. So we've got a bunny, we've got a tiger, we've got, what mm. do we call you? <laughs> A dual, a dual supporter. How, <laughs> how
2: can you manage that? <laughs> oh, this <laughs> comes up. Okay,
3: so long story. I grew up supporting the Dragons under my dad um, and then dated a mad, mad Buddies fan for like two or three years. So I was at all of their games and found it really hard not to get a soft spot for them. Mm. And then the year, I think it was the year after, um, they won the comp. So, I mean, they, they waited so long for that win that it was just sort of like, Yeah, I think I'm a dual fan, but it's really, it's really hard when the two verse each other. That's the hardest part because I'm just going for whoever I've tipped that week. I don't really,
1: (laughs) it's a weird feeling. Well, Britt, with a dual support, like it doesn't matter. I mean, I'm obviously a Parramatta supporter, but then I've got so many other teams that I have a soft spot for. So look, I think I'm the worst in the room. All right, let's take a quick break and we can come back and talk about some cricket. Tickets are now on sale for the Rugby League Experience annual Legends of League Grand Final Cruise. Spend the afternoon cruising Sydney Harbour with great food and drink whilst being entertained by rugby league legends Tommy Rodonagos, Michael Crocker and Mark Spud Carroll. In Sydney for the grand final, why not join in the fun? For more information or to book, call us on 1300 885 718 or email therugbyleagueexperience.com.au. Alex it's all eyes on you now we want to have a big chat about your amazing year really with the, the Sydney Thunder and with the Southern Stars. Suppose my first question is what is your earliest memory of cricket?
2: I think um, you know having an identical twin sister growing up in the country playing all sorts of sports in the backyard um, you know it, it's it's vivid memories all around in terms of you know kicking footies um, even chipping golf balls. Uh, look my first memory of being a cricketer, was in the backyard playing little French cricket games. So I don't know if you guys know, like French crickets where you sort of play the bat vertically in front of yourself. So it's not really proper cricket, but that's what I sort of have my first memory of um, playing that with my um, sisters. I'm one of four girls and playing that in um, the backyard of our grandparents' place.
1: Well, that's fantastic. And then obviously your love for the game just continued to grow. When did you decide that you wanted to take it to the next level and start playing professionally?
2: Professionally, maybe a key word there. Actually, um, it is. You're right. you... <laughs> uh, two years ago, when um, I was able to um, put my job aside um, as a genetic counselor and and become a full time athlete, I mean that it, it wasn't really um, on the horizon for me um, as a, a young person, nineteen years old, making my debut for Australia. I didn't really anticipate being a professional athlete at that time, but at you know the latter part of my career, I'm so excited that. The, the, the game's changed and it's now a reality that you could aspire to be a full-time athlete. So young girls seeing us playing on the TV now for the Sydney Thunder or for the Southern Stars, you know, they, they can be inspired to actually um, aim for being a professional athlete. So it's completely different now.
3: Alex, I want to ask you, um, I don't want to say it's a benefit of being semi-professional but it's definitely a, a positive um, a lot of the women that play sport in this country are also able to study and get a, a, obtain another sort of um, certificate or career like you've just explained you've done. Mm. It's, it, isn't that a good thing though because then they have something to go back to when cricket – finishes up or whatever sport it may be?
2: Yeah, absolutely. I I feel really privileged to have been able to go to university, uh, work um, part-time and yeah, have wonderful experiences outside of sport. You know, sports are a massive part of my life, but I also have other interests and passions. I think, you know, most sports will have pretty good educational and, and personal development programs in place to encourage, um, you know, athletes, male and female, to, to study and to have other things going on because it, you know, to have a balanced approach to sport is going to be beneficial. So I think it is a challenge now for our professional women's cricket team to be able to balance, um, study and sport because the commitments are increasing. Um, but look, I think there are still ways and, I have, um you know, had a wonderful experience at UNSW where they were flexible with me as an elite athlete and most of the uh, major universities in Australia are elite athlete friendly. So there are ways to do it. You just have to have great time management and, uh, you know, some strong work ethic. But, um, you know, I, I do um feel I'm very privileged to have the, those other experiences behind me too.
1: Alex, I'm a Sydney Thunder fan, so obviously I was absolutely delighted about both the women's okay, and the let's men's. Calm down, <laughs> Jeez.
2: <laughs>
1: there are Sixes six here
2: as poor well. T- yeah, I'm <laughs> getting a few elbows in the ribs here from Lisa Stelaker. Elbows or they like punches?
1: <laughs> I really want to ask how exciting it was to captain that team last year, and what it felt like to see Cricket Australia back the W. ABL so passionately last year.
2: Yeah, look, I think um, our domestic competition was sort of crying out for a change and something new and fresh. And the Women's Big Bash League is is there for for us to show young girls that there's, um, you know, uh, that cricket is a sport for them. And if they would like to, um, you know, play at the elite level, that this is sort of the the teams to aspire to. And I mean, for Cricket Australia to to put money towards actually getting it on TV was a huge um a huge step forward and we know how successful that the the broadcast was but cricket had to back that and mm-hmm. um you know it was great that cricket australia um made that happen and for for us as a sydney thunder to be a part of a club where it's really a a, a one club two teams policy mm-hmm. and to i think it's quite unique in sport to have a male team and a female team, playing essentially the same game um, alongside each other on TV is quite unique. I'm just trying to think of other sports that might have done that or, or could do that in the future.
1: The only other one I soccer. think... soccer, Yeah, soccer and then probably AFL next year. So the GWS Giants will be interesting in that they'll have a men's team, a women's team, and they'll also be backing a netball mm. team. But um, that was also something that I loved about the Thunder last year, that it was one club, two teams, mm. and there seemed to be a really good relationship between the men's and the women's team.
2: Yeah, and I think, um, you know, that's demonstrated through uh, Nick Cummins, our general manager, um, some, some small initiatives that – Just mean a great deal like the idea that we have one list of player numbers so on my back I wear number two and there's not a male version of the number two so I'm number two for the club and it's and you know number three Jacques Callas I mean that's pretty cool Um, (laughs) so look I think it's a small way to demonstrate look we are trying to be genuinely one club and I just wonder how integrated it the other clubs are in soccer for example I'm not aware I'm not part of that but you know um I guess we've got the Canberra United team for for women but there's not that um there's not a reciprocal team for men so it's not that strong alignment and and in terms of marketing I think it's really important that um you know when a family goes to the cricket uh, and they attend a, a thunder match where it, whether it's men or women playing that now um the, the, any any child can look up to um, a Thunder player and think, okay, this could be a game for me.
3: Absolutely. Lisa, I have a question for you. <laughs> so as someone who played in the WBBL but also commentated on it, were you impressed?
0: Yeah, look, I, uh, I had my reservations uh, when they decided to go to the eight teams. I thought um, we might be spreading the talent pool across uh, too many teams. Um, but it showed throughout the tournament that... W- Come the last weekend, there were still teams that could be vying for for the semi final position. So, um, you know, I'm quite happy to kind of eat those words because it, it was a real success. Um, but I enjoyed I enjoyed both aspects of it because not only did I see um, from a playing point of view, the standard improved to a certain degree because we started to see younger girls that wouldn't have gotten an opportunity to represent their state in the WNCL and the T20 competition that was played prior to that. So we saw them produce the goods on TV uh, and all of a sudden make a name for themselves. And then from a commentary point of view, I thought, um, and Alex has already touched on this, is that Channel 10 did a wonderful job in just whatever happened for the BBL. It happened for the Women's um, Big Bash. And um, David Barham there at Channel 10 uh, is uh, who's the head of sport, was just a wonderful support network for both um, Mel Jones and I who came into the commentary team and, and to work with the rest of the guys that that had already formed a, a wonderful alliance and some good banter in amongst that group. Um, they just welcomed us straight away and, and we didn't feel like an add-on. We felt like we were part of the team. Another question,
3: right. So this is, a, this is something that pops up constantly in cricket commentary. Um, we're seeing... The T Twenty version of cricket become more popular and more popular every year. Uh, we've got a Super League about to start in England for the women, which is super exciting. And we just had two incredible World Cup finals that we—I just say we just had it. It was a while ago now, but it feels like it was only yesterday having that. And I'm sorry to bring that up, Alex. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> it must still be hard to hear. It's a wonderful game
2: of cricket and really um, beated by, beated, beaten by a better team on the day. So.
3: But it's bringing other fans, you know, from other sports that may not like to sit there for five days and watch a a Test cricket match. And surely that's exciting for you guys to see as well.
2: Yeah, look, T20 has been um, a revelation really, particularly for women's cricket. Um, It was really the only vehicle that we were going to get our sport on TV. And, you know, Lisa and I were part of the Australian team that was sat down many years ago now and asked to really, Get on board with the the shift from one day cricket as being a, the pinnacle of our sport to really embracing T T Twenty cricket, and um, you know the players have embraced that, um, and we we do see that T Twenty is the pinnacle of our game at the moment. It, it's what is going to encourage more and more girls to play the game because it's simply it, it's the 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 format of our game that can be. Broadcast on TV, and with time, I'd like to see that the Southern Stars one-day matches are, are broadcast on TV. And in England, we had the Test match; every ball of the Ashes Test match was um, on TV in England. So that was that was groundbreaking. And hopefully, you know, as we play more Test cricket, if if that's going to be possible, Lisa might have an opinion on that. But you know, uh, I think we've shown that uh, women can play the game. Uh, that it's interesting, people enjoy watching it and um, more and more of our games are going to be shown on TV.
1: And following on from the broadcast, so that was a massive tick and then also this year Cricket Australia announced a landmark pay deal for the Southern Stars. That must have also been very exciting.
2: Yeah, I guess for me I've been a part of the Australian team for a long time and to see contracts come in, um, you know, they were small to start with and they've grown over the years and um, what I wanted to see was the time where all 15 contracted Australian um, female cricketers could choose to be full-time and that was going to be um, the time when we could take a, a real step forward. So that this is the first year that I can say that all, all of our contracted players can earn enough to, to you know, survive, they don't need to have another job um, right at this point in time and they can really focus on cricket 100%.
1: Alex, I'd also like to know, and Lisa, this is one for you too, what you two would like to see in 10 years. Where would you like to see the women's game for cricket in 10 years? What's the dream?
0: I think for me it's just um, more games being televised um, and what will come with that is the fact that there will be sponsorship um, once there's more money within the game, then that money can then flow down to the fact that I think, you know, state players still have to, to juggle school and, um, work and, and training of a night and then getting up early and doing their sessions at ridiculous times. So the next phase really is for state players to follow where the Australian Southern Stars have gone now, um, and to become professional, uh, so there's still a lot of work to be done. Yet it's so exciting to see where it's come from and where it is right now. Um I'm sure Alex thought that she would never be in in this era of, of professionalism. Um we always thought uh, when I left the game which was about 3 years ago it'd be another 10 years by the time we got to where we are now. So it's gone at an uh, an a, a, an exciting rate. Um and there'll be times where it'll plateau and and that's okay. Um but as long as everyone's still working towards those goals and um and for me, you know, yes, T20 cricket is the vehicle and it's, the way, it's a great way to showcase a women's game. But I'd like to think that money will now, as we start broadcast deals, money gets um, given back into the women's game to potentially play more one-day cricket and even test cricket as well.
3: You talk about the broadcast of the Ashes match before mm. and how you hope that broadcasting it will um, influence younger girls to play. You girls actually got me playing my first season of cricket last summer. Oh, really? Because I watched the Ashes really? and I thought that looks like so much fun. And I ended up signing up and, and love cricket and am obsessed as mm-hmm. a result. So, and I was actually one of three old women that signed up that year to the club that I'm at. Mm-hmm. So I think we'll actually see an influx in people across the board playing cricket, not just young girls.
2: Yeah. And Brittany, I I think that extends to also encouraging young boys to play the Mm -hmm. game. So we're not just ambassadors for for cricket for women. Um, You know, we we are accessible to um, many young um, boys who who, who attend the Women's Big Bash games. And, you know, it's a smaller crowd. It's a smaller venue and families can actually come up. And have photos with us and 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 get autographs. So I've experienced young um, boys who who've actually got to know me and have actually started to be more interested in in the Thunder as a club because of that personal contact they had with with a female player. So um, yeah, look, I think it's just we we can't ignore the fact that um, yeah, look, we're encouraging young girls to play, but we're also um, having a, a great impact on cricket generally.
3: And we touched on the Super League starting very soon. You'll be playing for the Yorkshire Diamonds. Have I said that correctly? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> <laughs> can, you, can you recommend a, a team for Mary and I? I'm pretty set on the Surrey Stars, having Meg Lanning and uh-huh. a, a fellow Slayer, Renee yep. Farrell, in that side. Mm-hmm. But can you convince us to maybe... Support
2: someone else. Oh, well, I think the Yorkshire Diamonds have an incredible (laughs) list. Um, You know, they've got um, myself and Beth Mooney from Australia. Uh, We've got also Catherine Brunt and... uh, Shabmin Ismail, I think I've said her name right. She's from South Africa. Two of the leading fast bowlers in the world. I'm so excited that they're on my team and I don't have to face them. But, uh, look, I think we've got a wonderful team up there. I can't wait to get over there. And in terms of how I think the game's going to change, you know, in 10 years' time, I'd love to see that we have these professional leagues that just keep growing and that perhaps there's room for other professional leagues like the Caribbean League or the Indian Premier League. I think what we've seen in the men's game is that, older players um, can continue to play the game for longer because they, they've still got the skills, but they're actually just sort of playing around the world on, on sort of multiple contracts. I think that's the way we, we're going to see the game change for women.
1: I think I'm on board, Britt. I don't know why you lumped me in with you in, in supporting the <laughs> one team. I think I'm, I'm following Alex. Yorkshire <laughs> Diamonds, I'm with you. <laughs> When I think about summer last year, all I remember is working during the day, going home, putting on my pyjamas and sitting down and watching The Big Bash. It became so much part of my my summer last year. And I remember there was one night where The Big Bash wasn't on. It would have been Christmas Day. I remember getting home and just being like, what am I doing tonight? There's no cricket. Uh, So I thought it was absolutely outstanding. I loved it last year. Alex, I'd like to ask you what you thought were the biggest strengths in WBBL01 and what you think we need to do in WBBL02 to make it better?
2: Yeah, well, I, I think it did exactly what we thought it would do, and that was uncover new talent. Um, we, we have had a very strong New South Wales breakers team and, and players in the wings waiting for their opportunity. And then that team really split into two, the Sydney Sixers and, Thunder, and As anticipated, we saw young players grab opportunity and uh, make a name for themselves. So we've got Lauren Cheadle, who's now a Southern Star, um, and Naomi Stallenberg, who debuted for the Southern Stars as well, coming from the Sydney Thunder team. And, you know, across all teams, we can identify new names that we're talking about in the game. And I, I think that's a real strength. We want to see... Lots of variety in, and different profiles standing up, and, and we can talk about them now. And um, I think that was a real strength. And I also think that miking up the players was wonderful. And um, we saw how successful that has been in in the men's game. Mm-hmm. Uh, perhaps a few of us can practice our Elvis impersonations and uh, <laughs> and uh, you know really stun the the crowd with uh, a few other skills that we might be able <laughs> to show.
1: Are they bringing Freddie back this year? I loved him last year. I just thought he was hilarious.
0: Yeah, I'm not quite sure. I think um, obviously he's got a lot of commitments. Um, Mm -hmm. I think Channel 10 um, will kind of unveil who their their commentators will be in due course. So you'll have to wait and see. Yeah, (laughs) I'll
1: have to wait and see. It'll, It'll keep me guessing. Lisa, what do you think we need to do this year to make it better?
0: Yeah, look, just adding on what worked well as well from last year is the WBBL had a clear window of, you know, two weeks where they were able to pump up. What the women's game was, um, you had uh, a double headers at the Junction over where fifteen hundred came out to watch um, our game, uh, the local derby out at um, Penrith. There was just under a thousand there. So um, again, they're going to have that clear window. Uh, so which is really exciting. There's going to be doubleheaders uh, at North Sydney Oval on Saturday and Sunday. And the Saturday game in the evening will be 6pm live, which I think Alex touched on, Sydney Thunder versus Melbourne Stars. And uh, Adam Gilchrist will be there as well to to help um, broadcast that game as well. So just shows that they're, they're learning on, on how to improve and keep adding to, to what they're doing. Um, I think scheduling was an issue last year. Um, for an old, old-timer coming back four games in three days was, <laughs> Not great on the body. I don't
1: think it's just for an old timer, Lisa. For anyone, I think.
0: Yeah, you're right. Actually, everyone was complaining about. Exactly. Um, but I think scheduling this year is a lot better. Um, so there's going to be a lot more games around that Christmas period during the week, um, you know, during during midweek, not just weekends. And we're not going to stack the games like we had. There's going to be no double headers. So Sydney Sixers and Thunder won't be playing two games probably against each other on on the same day so Mm. that means it's going to be spread out a little bit more so I think they've made those adjustments now I guess the proof's going to be in the pudding is will the performances kind of improve because of that scheduling players will have more time to rest recover um, not be traveling as much so um, hopefully the standard and the performances on the field will just uh, take off hope so.
3: What about in terms of international players? Do you know if we're going to see an increase? I've seen that. I'm not sure I feel allowed to talk about this, Alex, but I've seen that Harmon Preak, core, have I said that Mm. right, Mm -hmm. Uh, is going to be possibly signed at the Thunder. That's pretty exciting.
2: Yeah, look, the Thunder have been very clear in their interest uh, in Harmanpreet Kaur. She is uh, one of the most dynamic players in in World T20 cricket. And we saw her impact um, at Adelaide Oval and Southern Stars game. We we went down to the Indian team, unfortunately, but we saw some amazing skills from the Indians. And I think it would be a real plus to see some more um, players from around the world We didn't see any Indian plays last year. I'm I'm sure we're going to see some this year.
1: How exciting. That's so exciting. I can't wait for the cricket to come back. I don't think we can finish this segment without giving a quick shout out to the Australian men who won the one-day international final in Barbados by 58 runs. But this has been about women's cricket today, so we might leave it there. So it's time for my favourite segment, Mary's Mix-Up. Now, you might recall on last week's show, I said hopefully Nathan Ross scores a try this afternoon. I have to shout out to one of the best tries of the season. Uh, For those of you who haven't heard my interview with Nathan Ross, he used to do springboard diving when he was younger. So that explains why he was able to get his legs so high in the air. So hopefully he scores another try this weekend. Go Ross dog. Uh, It's been a big week in Olympic news this week. Unfortunately, Sally Pearson has injured herself and won't be competing at Rio, and Michael Diamond has been ruled ineligible. But we're looking forward to some team announcements this week. So the Opals and the Matildas, Michelle Heyman, we are cheering for you. Couldn't go any further without talking about the Cronulla Sharks and the amazing things that are happening at their club this year. Tonight, they go for a club record of 12 wins in a row when they take on Parramatta, but they're not only leading the comp, but they're leading the way when it comes to Ladies Who League, and have just announced that they are set to establish a women's nine side. So the club wants to provide a genuine pathway for women and girls to play rugby league. So look out for Ruan Sims, Alana Ferguson, Sammy Bremner and Maddie Studd and all who look like they're going to be named in the side. And finally, let's talk about football and congratulations to Iceland who defeated England 2-1 at Euro 2016 on Monday. So they've also beaten Austria and to qualify for the Euro, the Netherlands, Turkey and Czech Republic. Now, there was this wicked article on BBC and it had five facts that you don't know about the Iceland football team. Now, one of their co-managers works as a dentist and he works on this 13 square kilometre island where there are less than 5,000 people and millions of puffins. I didn't actually know puffins were a real thing, but apparently they are. The population of Iceland is so small that 10% of the population went to France to support their team at the Euro, so their population is 332,529. And finally, their goalkeeper used to be a director before he turned professional and directed the video for Iceland's entry to the 2012 Eurovision Song Contest. How cool is that? radio hub is australia's premier podcasting facility with high quality sound equipment and production services radio hub is a one-stop shop for all your podcasting needs so if you're ready to jump into the exciting realm of podcasting contact radio hub on 0402 870 900 or email info at radiohub.com.au
2: well, that's it for another week. Alex, thank you so much for coming in. It's been a real joy having you here. Thank you. I mean, I'm really excited at this point in time to be preparing for the, the Kia Women's Cricket Super League in England and I'm busy preparing as well for the New South Wales Breakers for the upcoming season, but absolutely happy to be here.
1: Oh, wonderful. I can't wait to cheer you on again in WBBLO2. And, Lisa, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm a Thunder She's fan. She's never coming back. No. that's You got it, Brit. Well, Brit's a Sixers fan, so maybe Brit a no, I'm No, I'm actually
3: I'm a Thunder fan. I'm a Lisa Stalaker fan. Let's right, well, just look, yeah, okay. We're well, Lisa Stalaker <laughs> fan.
1: all. Thanks, Lisa. It was great. We hope that's you do right. come back. Yeah, no, I will. And uh, go
0: the Swifts today.
1: Yeah, go the Swifts today, definitely. And Britt, thank you so much. It's great having you behind the computer, but it's even better having you behind the mic.
3: (laughs) No, it's awesome being a part of today. Thanks, Mary.
1: No worries. So, Ladies Who League have a bit of a competition going at the moment. Now, I know over 300 of you listen to the show every week. Then why is it that I only have 39 reviews on iTunes? So, if we get to 50 reviews by the end of next week, we will be giving away some Ladies Who League merchandise of your choice. So, jump onto iTunes, make sure you hit the subscribe button and the review button. I've got to get out of here. I'm driving to Cronulla tonight to watch the Eels play the Sharks. Have a wonderful weekend, everyone. Make sure you vote. You've been listening to Mary Kay from Ladies Who League. Australia one time.
0: Lady. to